Hi, <clears throat> this is Jack chiming in beyond the conversations to offer a little concept that's been developing that I felt could be interesting and helpful in our mental obsession discussion and the listening you're doing is your participation in that discussion. So the degree to which you listen, you will hear things that will either challenge your thoughts or reinforce your sense of knowing. And those are two options that are available in the process of thinking and being. And one of the basic concepts of this discussion is not so much to focus on the dis-ease and the discomfort and the self-induced fear that's created, the anxiety and the stress that's created from the mentally obsessive thinking, but to notice that that consequence is an accurate assessment of what we're doing that's wrong. And that if we didn't have a basis in existence that was absolutely right and absolutely sure and not in doubt and not in question, that clarity wouldn't be obvious to us. And so I want to give credit where credit's due, and that is if we're doing the wrong thing and suffering the consequences of those things. And I assure you it does not require absolutely destroying a life or a seeming life and all that's in it to begin to admit that there are subtle reactions that we all tend to have, irritations, awarenesses of dissatisfactions and discontent and feel discouraged and uncomfortable and ill at ease. All of those things are conditions not necessarily of what's happening, but what's happening in our thinking. And to any degree that I oppose those things, I am committing myself to a fight with those things as though they have a basis to even fight. And I would suggest within the range of possibility, if I'm spending my time managing problems that don't otherwise exist except to my own insistence that I persist in trying to claim I need to conquer them internally, I am actually creating the fight that I end up seeing in the world. And the impossibility that I see in the world is the impossibility of my ability to maintain that fight forever. Because at some point, I'm going to go to sleep. At some point, I'm going to need to pay attention to something else. And I'm going to have this lingering sense of something being wrong somewhere. And if I'm not willing to begin to acknowledge what I'm doing in relation to everything that's happening, I'm going to see everything that's happening as the problem rather than what I'm doing. So I point this out for one very simple reason. If we share an ever-present being nature that would be peaceful and aware and all-knowingness and not something that changes, then all we ever struggle with is not that thing, which I would define as love since it's generous, it gives all it is, always, 
everywhere we seem to be, it seems to be, if we're willing to even concede that it may be there with us. If that source is the source of life, then my limited thinking about what I think is right and real and true is in conflict with that when I think those things. And it doesn't suggest, and I'm not suggesting, that we can't think those things. We absolutely can think those things. So I want to give you credit for mastering the art of maintaining ideas that aren't true in the name of having your own reality. And that reality then would include the consequence of feeling doubt and feeling insecure and feeling less than and feeling detached and feeling alone and all of those things. They're perfect consequences. And I would suggest it's because there are no secrets in this universe. Everything that is happening right now is happening right now, wherever you are, wherever I am, and it's all interconnected to everything that is happening. Everything, everything, everywhere, everywhere right now is happening. And that would include you and I and us, all others. And we don't need to see beyond the horizon to recognize that the horizon isn't the end of anything, even if it's the end of our visible potential to see or our understanding seeing when it comes to thinking. Because seeing is both visible and also this thing we call understanding. That getting to the limits of those thoughts is not the end of those thoughts, but the beginning of everything else. Everything else. Whatever is beyond those thoughts is also within those thoughts because it would be indivisible and not capable of not being everywhere. If it was infinite. And so the essence of this reintroduction is to point out that we're not talking about not thinking obsessively and we're not talking about not lying meaning having thoughts that are wrong or untrue and maintaining them as though they are right and as a result true and real we're not talking about not doing that we're talking about if it's happening and it's happening regardless of the motivation that has it happening whether it's right or wrong Conceding that it's happening allows what's happening to happen and allows us a relationship within our thinking to begin to notice that there seems to be more going on than we think there's going on, what, than we think is going on for us to think what's happening shouldn't be happening. There's obviously some disclaimer in our own thinking that it can't be us doing that thing we're resisting and opposing and trying to stop doing that creates this chronic addiction to continue to maintain it, which is the irony and sickness of addiction, that I continue to do the exact same thing I'm claiming I don't want to continue to do in the name of thinking if I do it more, it will sometime, sometime somehow get better. So to any degree that I sit in judgment, and I'm not suggesting we should not judge because this includes judgment since brains are designed to judge and weigh and contrast and analyze what's happening. It's not to say we shouldn't justify or rationalize. It's simply to say that when we're doing it, if it's what we're doing and we begin noticing it's what we're doing, whether we should be doing it or think we should be doing it or think we shouldn't be doing it, and we're doing it, simply conceding we're doing it allows a relationship to it that's peaceful. 
that isn't in conflict, that isn't resistant, isn't opposing it, isn't persisting in resisting, which is the chronic nature of addictive thinking. So we can think anything we want and remember that it's just a thought. Just a thought. It's not true. It's not real. Reality and truth doesn't need thought to confirm it. Thought is confirmed by reality and truth. Whatever that essence is that fuels this universe, whatever it is, without even trying to identify it, simply being general enough to suggest that whatever it is, it is. And that concludes all the information I need to know about everything that's happening too. Because whatever's happening is happening. And if my witness, my, observa my observatory capacity to watch what's happening, which I would suggest is who you are rather than what you think, we wouldn't be watching our thinking if we didn't have an observatory, a, a, a capacity to observe what we were doing. Like an observatory, basically, peering into the furthest reaches of the universe with a telescope. We are that witness. We observe what we're doing. We know what we're doing. Why do we feel wrong? Because we know better. Literally, we know better than to act worse. And yet, when we do, it's certainly an indication that our guidance system is suggesting to us there's another option here. And to fight the worst feeling, whatever that consequence is, whatever the worst feeling is or the worst feeling is and think that I got to get rid of the feeling is to deal with the symptom and perpetuate the problem by overlooking the source of that, which is in thinking. And so this brings us to another point. Most of what motivates us is what we think we're not thinking. And I would call that the subconscious that we claim is subconscious, but if it is motivating us on the surface, it's showing that there are no secrets in this universe because everything immediately has a consequence to it. So if I think I'm hiding a thought, it's going to secrete through my sweat glands and my anxious prone activities and my sense of fear because I'm doubting what I'm doing and I know better than to think it's true, rather think it's just simply a thought and I can act on it or I cannot act on it. It's up to me. That freedom is always available. It isn't somewhere else. And if I think it's going to be okay or tell someone else it's going to be okay, I'm simultaneously admitting it's not okay now. And I would say that's always a byproduct of thinking what's happening shouldn't be happening while what's happening is always happening. And I can assure you, if you begin to simply consider that, you'll start to see that there is a very, very reliable source of experience that does not change when we simply accurately assess what's happening as it's happening and simply say, whatever it is, it's happening. Whatever's happening is happening right now. And that includes everything in the universe. So we've just settled all of the issues of secrecy in the universe because it's happening right now. It doesn't mean we know what the substructure is and we can utilize it, but it's being fully utilized right now without our help. And I would suggest that that greater sense of knowing, for instance, in science, rather than presume that these are secrets that are mysterious having a relationship to what we think is secret, 
and begin to see that it's no secret to me because I know that whatever everything's doing, it's doing it based on exactly what it is right now, however it's set up, whatever it's made up of, would give me a relationship to that that is friendly and receptive and listening so that that thing could reveal itself to me in my thinking as something that is known already. It must be known to be functioning the way that it's functioning. So the secret is why we keep thinking it's a secret and thinking that that secret is true because the universe is mysterious and it's beyond us and it's metaphysical, beyond the physical and all that, when it isn't. Whatever this universe, if there's anything beyond this universe, it's happening right now too. If it is, it is. And if it isn't, it isn't. And I would suggest the only things that aren't are things that exist in thought. Like lies only exist in thought. Conflict only exist in thought. Interaction goes on throughout the universe, but that's the design of the universe to constantly be an interaction. Our own interreaction between our thoughts and other people, our choices we make, those conflicts, those reactive conflicts are defensive because the thoughts we have are weak and vulnerable and we know it. And again, that shows the revelation of everything that we're doing is exposing itself fully and we want to look at it in ways that give us the impression that it isn't actually happening or shouldn't be happening and I shouldn't be where I am and I need to get where I can and go off on a search for something that is already where we are. And I would suggest if you look through human history, searches have constantly been explored, taken, looking, constantly looking for the right combination of words to refine and confine the attempt to get somewhere else, which is always the claim we're not where we are, when I would suggest everyone who is starting anywhere right now is exactly where they are, doing exactly what they're doing, thinking exactly what they're thinking, even if it includes thinking they're not thinking what they're thinking. So the point of this reintroduction is to simply introduce the concept that our motivations and our sensations and our experience is being activated by things we may not think we know are happening or think we understand are happening, but if we can understand that they're happening, regardless of what we think, we may begin to open up our thinking to them in ways that begin to recognize that the idea that they're not happening or shouldn't be happening is a bit absurd and pits us against our own experience and preoccupies us in a way that is completely unnecessary but absolutely possible and capable. So I would suggest we've done this really well as a human species. We have almost mastered it to the degree that the thought that it could be wrong is almost preposterous and creates enormous reactivity amongst people. Since we've gotten used to thinking that our nature is corrupt and disease is the nature of our experience. It's natural for us to think about disease and almost rare to consider healing anything other than some mystical impossibility. And yet our bodies are healing all the time. And yet our undermining of our bodies by our anxiety and stress undermine the system's ability to function in the way they're designed. And so it isn't nature that's falling apart. 
It's the thinking we're imposing on it, asking it to do what it can't do. It's like cutting one of our legs off and wondering why we can't run. And if I decide to put my hand in fire and think that my life depends on trying to figure out how not to feel what I'm doing, I'm doing exactly what we do with the thinking we're doing when we claim not to be doing it and wonder why life seems impossible. Life has never been impossible. Life has always been the source of all possibility. And one of those possibilities is to think the impossible is possible. And I would suggest that's largely what we have done by creating conditions between ourselves that have us justify that one group is better than another. And what that means is that one group or one person is better than somebody else. And as a result, that means we should be killing those people. And that's an extreme example. But acting out grows. The longer I maintain a thought and make believe it's true, the more of those thoughts start occurring to me as being true because I need to desperately maintain control over what's absolutely out of control. And the chances are I'm going to act out of control at some point to prove that what I'm thinking is insane. And I'm not talking about insanity as a medical diagnosis. I'm talking about simply as a lack of sanity, a lack of rationality. We are witnessing today the highest suicide rate in human history, as far as I understand. Addiction appears to be at an all-time high. I don't think this is a coincidence. I think as our population grows, the weaknesses of it, just like in a structure being built, if the foundation is weak, it doesn't often reveal the weakness until the structure is built on top of it. And the structure of our social dynamics is creaking. And I don't see that as a threat. I see that as a revelation of the threat that's been existing for a long time and has taken that time, just like in my life, when I thought the best thing I could do was to continue drinking and using drugs, I didn't do things that helped my situation. I numbed myself to the situation and thought I was getting better because I was desensitizing my ability to reckon with what was happening. And while things got worse, the best thing I could do was drink more and use more drugs. And that's just metaphoric for the same form of denial that we can use to think we need to keep doubling down in the direction of maintaining the opposition force that becomes a master-slave relationship in my own mind that I create, like building a fort with the enemy inside and wondering why the enemy keeps getting in and I can't get rid of the enemy. I built the thing to protect myself and what I did was seal myself off with the enemy. That's what the mental obsession is. Thinking, thinking is my sole source and thinking that thinking more about what I'm thinking is my sole solution and my only solution. And I would suggest whenever you think you have any, only one option, it's always a lie because there's always the option not to do the, consider, the thing you're considering. There are lots of resources for anyone feeling alone, anyone feeling that the best thing they can do is the thing they know is the worst thing they can do. Drugs, alcohol, gambling, risky sex, overeating, eating poor quality foods that basically don't serve the purpose of nutrition in the body but taste great and continue to force the body to 
completely be baffled with what to do with them, so it just stores it. Obesity, diabetes, all of these things are consequences of something wrong. Nature doesn't create that on its own. Animals tend not to become obese, but domesticated animals that we have basically conditioned to follow our rules do. So this is just a suggestion to begin looking at your experience and begin allowing what you're doing to be what you're doing and begin to notice that some of what you're doing you may think you don't think you're doing. But if it's reflecting and what's happening and what you're experiencing is, I would suggest if you open the door to consider that what you're doing, you know exactly what you're doing and you've conveniently kept it in the seeming dark space and claimed that because the, dark, the light's not on, nothing's there, when in fact kids all fear that potential when the light, not all, but many, fear that potential when the light is off. And when the light comes on, no matter how many times you turn it off, when it goes off, they still have that same fear. The fear is not sourced in the darkness. The fear is sourced in the idea that something may be there. And when we hide things, we know they're there. And the anxiety and stress and fear is a condition created by that knowing. That awareness is absolutely intact in all of us. Unless you're in a coma and completely desensitized. So, and I don't know anybody who's in a coma that ever came out and said they were really depressed during that time or really upset, or really anxious. So if there is a struggle, consider it's one you're creating. And that may seem ridiculous and insane and completely preposterous and impossible. And it may be that all of those thoughts actually describe the maintenance of that ridiculous thinking, impossible thinking, dislocated thinking, disconnected thinking, that leads to the ideas that we're all alone and there's nothing we can do but the worst thing we can do in the name of saving ourselves. There's lots of people out there in the world, lots of options that are available to all of us. I'm here to talk about it and open the discussion up and look at this as accurately as we possibly can. And I'm not suggesting I do that. I do this because I want to get better at it and better for me just means not worse doesn't mean better because I'm then done. It means better and build on natural considerations rather than considerations that take constant chronic defense and anxiety and stress and neurosis to maintain them. My love to you all. I appreciate you listening. I am with you in any way possible and appreciate that we get to do this together however it's being done on your end. I know if you're there, you're there. And if you're listening, you're listening. And if you're hearing, you're probably listening a little better than you might normally listen. <laughs> and sometimes that happens. And this isn't about understanding. It's not about getting it right. It's not about knowing it in the sense that you think you know. It's about just letting it wash over you and begin to consider these things. Just consider them. Contemplate. Be willing to entertain the ideas as willing as you are to entertain the ideas that aren't true that cause the conflicts that you suffer and struggle from. See you around. Know you in the meantime. <laughs>